Good afternoon, Los Angeles and all of Southern California. I'm Farley Malaris, and you're listening to Astrological Metaphysical Radio, the phenomenon of the 80s. On KFOX 93.5 FM, your talk alternative. Well, hidey ho to you, Southern California, and welcome to the two-hour expanded edition of hopefully your favorite talk radio show. Aw, <laughs> oh, thank you. I saw everybody go out there and go, that's right, Farley. Well, you're my favorite talk radio audience. Well, we got an ambitious topic for you today. This one is called The Light Versus the Dark. Woo! And we are going to really zero in on human behavior, why people... Well, we're going to talk about the devil and the angel today. Everybody's got one. You know, we assume that everyone's going to be so good. We assume that our children are going to be so good, right? We assume that we're going to be special. (laughs) We assume that everyone's going to be good, our daddies, our mommies, our friends. We never really expect anyone to blow things or not come through. There's a lot of disappointment in life, not only with other people we know, but with ourselves. And oftentimes, when we expect things to be a certain way, or when we expect things to be a certain norm, we set ourselves up for disappointment. You know, I understand light versus the dark, this devil-angel philosophy. And because I do, (laughs) I am prepared at any time for anyone to go berserk and blow it. (laughs) Isn't it funny? You make these choices in life. You make these commitments. I'm going to move in with somebody. I'm not saying I'm not going to move in with somebody. Let's say you're living with somebody. Or you say something like, I'm going to get married. Or we're going to have a baby. We're going to buy a house. I'm going to go into partners. People call me up and say, Farley. Do you think I should get married or Farley? Do you think I should go partners with this person or Farley? Should I move in? My answer is no. (laughs) Don't get married. Don't move in. Don't have any children. Don't go partners. Because we are human and because it is important for you to deal with the devil and the angel that exists on everyone's shoulders, it is so important for you to recognize the fact that we are human and that we are subject to setbacks. And people that you expect to be there for you including yourselves. You know, like you might expect to be in a position where you think you're holier than thou. I always use the example of like Jimmy Swagger and Jim Baker and this guy Hart. All these people come out and right away they say, well, I was with him and I danced with him and he offered to make love with me in Florida on the boat. And I'm saying, oh, like you're a saint lady. You've never done anything wrong, right? Never smoked marijuana, never smoked cigarettes, never had premarital sex. People are people. And when you start to understand and recognize the fact that everyone occasionally is going to blow it, there is a force in the universe. I've been thinking a lot about eternity. Ooh, don't, don't sit there and try to meditate on eternity because it will freak you out because you'll get to situations where you decide, well, there's always been something and there always will be something. And that would mean that everything that we experience and sense was created by God, right? That means God has been a concept that has always been there, right? Now, can you imagine that there's been this being, this essence that has always been there? And then because of our third dimensional limitations, because we are aware in this dimension that there's a beginning and an ending to everything in this dimension, obviously the logical question is, well, where did God come from? But then energy can't be destroyed. It can only be changed. So God's always been there. You start thinking about this eternal essence that's always been there, and it blows your mind. It's like, you got to be joking. Here's this thing that's been there forever, and it's going to be there forever. 
And then we start talking about the time limitations that we have here in this dimension. Of course, there really is no time and there is no space and there is no matter as we perceive it. So we can't think of past, present, or future beyond this dimension. Well, people say, well, then what do you think of? And I, and I say, well, I don't know. I can't explain that because I'm in the here and in the now now. When I'm in the there and the then, then I'll try to maybe <laughs> understand better what this eternal concept is all about. But in my deep thinking meditations over the weekend, when I literally freaked myself out <laughs> thinking about one day I'm going to have to die, and then what will I be? I'll be something else that's eternal. You know, they say, well, Farley, your soul's immortal. And that means, well, I've been here always, and I always will be here. And I thought, whoa, it's a good thing I, I can go to sleep in this dimension. At least it kind of breaks up the eternity a little bit. But in my meditation and in my consciousness, I came to the conclusion that there is this essence, there is this vibration in the universe, and you can identify it as God, and it is basically made up of two participles. It's made up of the light and the dark, or balance, as you may call it. In other words, you can't have light without dark, because you can't turn it on without blackness, and you can't smother the light unless you create the dark, right? So what I came up with was the conclusion that there was this energy that can be reflected light or dark and whole color spectrum in between which to me really makes things very basic because you can attach this light versus dark principle to anything. And that means if you live your life, and if you go through your life and you are aware of this light versus dark principle, and you are also aware that the universe and everything that you perceive to be there has a light and a dark vibration connected to it, which means all people are subject to being either very bright and chipper and happy and honest and loving and all the wonderful high morality things we dream of, which is what the white light of God's love embellishes. Or, because there is balance in this universe, all people are susceptible to darkness, to the blackness. Now, I'm going to give you some examples here that are rather extreme. You can take ordinarily good people, loving people, almost perfect people, and give them, God forbid, a brain tumor. And before you know it, you turn them into a crazed serial killer assassin overnight. Right, They go out and buy themselves an Uzi, and they're taking pot shots at people. And everyone's going, in the neighborhood, they're going, well, I knew him my whole life, and he was one of the nicest people I ever knew. I'm really surprised about that. This is really stuff that goes on inside of each and every one of us all the time. In other words, I'm sure the bright side to us, the bright side to the people, to humanity, and to the planet, is always fighting to come out and rule over the black. Some people say, what is wrong with Earth? What is wrong with people? What is wrong with human nature? Why don't we have perfection? Why is there a concept like the devil? Why not just leave God alone? Well, there's a reason, because of the balance. In other words, you wouldn't have something to strive for. You cannot have the light without the dark and vice versa. And that's why this planet is riddled with so many confused people that are fighting to embrace their brighter sides, their more loving sides. And of course, as we move into the age of technology, the age of Aquarius, and we are given higher technological weapons of bio-warfare and nuclear warfare and just basic guns and ammo or whatever. It's like if the dark side should happen to well up into a precedent, I'm not going to put Dukakis or Bush down, but when you give a man this much power, like Reagan, the question is, are they feeling devil today or are they feeling angel? And if a man like the President of the United States obviously is in touch with his black side, good luck, because all of our lives could be at forfeit. Then my question would be, why would any nation put that much power into the hand of one person. It almost seems outdated. I mean, throughout the history of this planet, we, of course, have had many governmental structures, political systems, that have been ruled by a king or a queen or both or a president. 
So traditionally speaking, we have always given this mass amount of power to one person. But to me, it doesn't seem logical. (laughs) It seems to me that everybody should have a button in their home or computer deck. Everyone, all Americans should have a computer deck that is furnished by the government. And when governmental decisions are confronted with us, we all sit down at TV after dinner at 7 o'clock and we deal with the decisions of the day. And those that wish to participate in politics, right, they can decide. And the screen comes up, it says, should we abolish nuclear energy? Yes or no? (laughs) Yes, no, or maybe. And then you sit there and there's a mass vote. Instead of the president or even a 100 millionaires deciding our destiny, let all billion of us decide what's going to go on with our lives here. Sure, it's going to cost some money. We'll take a couple of billion dollars away from defense and we'll make a billion TV terminals and let everyone vote to govern this country. And then instead of giving so much power into one man, if you want to carry it around with you in your purse in case Russia launches a nuclear assault towards us so we can all decide whether we're going to counterattack immediately, fine. Should we launch a strike against Russia? They've just launched. 500 million, yes. 4,999,000, no. No. We take a pummeling, we be destroyed, but we don't let one man decide our destiny. You know what I mean? It seems kind of scary to put that much power in any human being considering the philosophy of light versus dark, because we all have it. Now, we reduce this down to the, of course, I mentioned Dukakis because he is a Scorpio, and people with Scorpio personalities tend to be extreme bright white light or extreme (laughs) black death. So, you know, uh, of course, Bush is a Gemini, so I don't think he's extreme anything. So, you know, so he says, they've launched a nuclear war, George, what do we do? He says, oh, call Ronald, let's ask him, you know, before the call's over, of course, we're all dead, but still... The thing is, you don't have to worry about him launching a first strike. And of course, I'm trying to be nonpartisan. It's just I have a Scorpio moon, so I know what Scorpio can do. So anybody with Scorpio must be questioned, of course. But anyway, the point here is that we reduce this philosophy down to personal relationships and this thing based on love and respect and trust, where we hope a woman has never had any other lovers, much less a gay or a lover, a gay man who might have AIDS or an intravenous drug user that might have had AIDS, or anybody with AIDS, right? So we meet somebody new, and, you know, down deep in the back of our heads, we look at this person and we see the light, you know? We don't see that little devil inside of her that smoked pot or that snorted coke or had sex with a hundred men or cheated on a half of them, you know? The same with women looking at men or same with gay people looking at each other. See, like, you're dealing with this principle in every individual. And it's like, let he who is without sin cast the first stone. And no one throws a rock because everyone knows. It's like the question that you ask yourself all the time, can I even trust myself to be loyal spiritually, emotionally, mentally, and physically to this person I'm with in this relationship? You know why? Because you might be living with them, and you might be having sex with them, and you might be best friends with them, but emotionally, where are you? You're in love with David Bowie, or you're in love with Mart Saul, or whoever, you know, Danny Johnson, or whoever it might be. You're not being loyal to this person, and your dark side knows it. And the problem that people have, especially during the hardest astrological transits, which is what we're dealing with right now. This week, we are talking about some weird transits. The sun square Jupiter was sick. (laughs) I don't like it. Soon the sun and Mercury are going to be square Saturn. Actually, Mercury is square Neptune now. Ah, Mars is T-square, the both of them. All of our charts are lit up for the dark side to come out. Have you done something naughty against yourself or your loved ones lately? Have you cheated on them? Huh? Yeah. Has there been a little devil in your life somewhere? Come on, yeah. You've gone out and pigged out, a, you're on a diet, but you had two hot fudge Sundays and no one knew about it but you, right? You would be amazed how much cheating and lying and thieving goes on 
amongst ourselves. And in some people's eyes, oh, he's my son. He's the most perfect, loving, wonderful. Well, ma'am, I'm sorry, but he's been arrested for 50 rapes and two serial killings. My boy would never do that. See, the mother sees the bright side of the boy. He role plays. He's a good kid in front of them. But when he's by himself, he's lost. He's lonely. He's irritable. He's dealing with his sperm buildup, with his hormones. He's never had normal sexual relations. He thinks it's normal to attack women from the movies and the books he reads and all the dark stuff that's reflected in society. It's really difficult to get rid of it. I ponder, we're all waiting for this new age, right? We're all waiting for this age of Aquarius, this age of Nirvana, utopia, some people are saying. Oh, yes, one day there'll be a perfect existence on planet Earth. Right, what are we going to do with all this darkness? We're going to just take the dark side of the human personality and shelve it somewhere, right? Oh, right, five billion souls, all their dark sides. We're going to just hide it in the closet, throw it in the garbage can somewhere. Makes you wonder if it's not going to change. And if this dark part of our personalities is not going to evolve to something even more terrifying in the new age, where we could blow that too. See? So it's really important because so many people live their lives blindly, and they forget about the dark side. They don't want to remember it. I prefer to embrace the son of a gun. If it's going to be there with me in the house, hey, I'm just as subjected to be attracted to the TNA philosophy, right? I was raised in America. I'm a heterosexual male. You know, I might try to be loyal to my girlfriend if I have one or to my wife. I'm not married. But if I'm walking out in society and to all these bikini contests, right? You go to the beach and you see all these women that are just trying to be so sexy, right? And you're sitting there going, gosh, my dark side goes, <laughs> and then somebody comes up and puts their arm around you and goes, hi, baby, you doing anything today? It's like there's so much susceptibility in society. It's no wonder that our children and so many of our young adults and middle-aged adults and older adults are susceptible to the dark side of their personalities becoming dominant, right? And they become liars, and they become cheaters, and they become naturally disloyal, and they get into smoking and drugs and alcohol, and they're not loyal to anything, including themselves. The dark rules, the dark side rules, right? And it's your job when you meet people, if you want to be happier, to understand what you're dealing with in an individual, knowing, recognizing they have a dark side, you want to know if it's a dominant part of their personality. Like, I prefer to think that the bright side to Farley Malaris rules. Even though at times, I won't be honest to myself or people around me, the dark side does come out and there is a setback, true, but I like to feel that at least I can stay sober, at least I can stay holistic and vegetarian 99% of the time, at least I can meditate and pray and be confident and positive and allow all those positive sides to me to become dominant without letting me slip into the dark side, especially during these hard transits. Now, in the second part of this segment, this topic today, we're going to talk about some of the potential transits that occur that can create dark situations in your life or dark karmic situations that can occur in people around you that you depend on. There's a lot of games going on out there. And this light versus dark is a historical, eternal conflict that's been going on in the universe. And if you want to define what this God energy is, that's it. That's it. It's the light and the dark, and it's at odds with each other. It's very interesting. This is heavy stuff. Are you enjoying the topic today? Thank you. (laughs) I knew you would. You know, what we're talking about here is karma, I want you to know. Because guess what happens when your dark side becomes dominant? Or even when your dark side comes out? Isn't that weird? That in this dimension, this light versus dark is so obvious, because when the dark comes out for any reason... Words, thoughts, vibrations, actions, you have to pay for it. 
makes you wonder what exists beyond this dimension. See, because in, in this dimension, we have light and dark, which is obvious. Beyond this dimension, there may just be light. Did you ever imagine living on a planet where the sun never sets? Where it's always bright. Heavy, huh? That means you're surrounded. It's like being inside of a sun. Heavy, huh? I hope that's the way it is. Where all beings exist are void of darkness. And it's kind of hard to imagine in this dimension. But who knows what exists beyond this universe and this dimension that we perceive. But the point of the matter and the purpose of this show today, the purpose of this topic, and you know, I always get down to a point. Farley, what's your point? The thing is, is that you must recognize that there is a light vibration and a dark vibration, that we all have it as individuals, as groups, as families, as nations, as countries, as the world. And whenever the dark does come out, we have to pay for it one day. The transits that you go through that make you bad, that make you do things that you know are wrong, anything against the Ten Commandments, right, basically, because the Ten Commandments are basic laws of karma, the philosophy of an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth, which is the karma philosophy, what goes around comes around, Meaning when you do something good, it comes back good to you. When you do something bad, it comes back bad compounded. Which means if you think it's so cute and easy for you to cheat on your husband now, be ready for your husband in the future, maybe not this lifetime or one day, for him to come in the room and say, guess what? I've cheated on you. Or you find a pair of panties in the bed. They aren't yours, right? And you say to yourself, now why would this ever happen? Oh, yes. I cheated on Debbie way back in 19... I'm just being hypothetical here. Debbie who, Farley? And now it's come back to me somehow. What about all you out there that are obsessed with sex and relationships? It's impossible for you to hold a commitment. It's impossible for you to be loyal. All you've ever done and been is a cheater. Oh, wow. Maybe you better be a celibate monk. We're talking Hare Krishna here. Maybe that's why people become celibate. Maybe that's why people are born with Saturn in Scorpio, too. Take away that sex drive and force them into ease of celibacy. The thing is, is that astrology is neat, because when we're born, we have a design of this karma. We have a design of the light and the dark. We can see the mistakes we've made in past lives, as far as lacking self-respect from the squares. And we can see the mistakes we've made in past lives, as far as creating bad vehicles for us to deal with in other people, in oppositions, right? So you have natal squares and natal oppositions that reveal karma, that you are born into this world to absolve. The darkness that you must enlighten. And everyone's chart is subjected to transit squares and oppositions, which means even people that appear to be the purest of the pure, right? Somebody, it blows my mind. Why would they shoot Martin Luther King? Why would they shoot Bobby Kennedy? Why would they shoot John Kennedy? Why would they shoot John Lennon? Why did Jimi Hendrix die premature? What happened to Jim Morrison premature? What happened to Janis Joplin? These are powerful people. Why are they ripped away from us? Something's going on there. There's some kind of payment or some kind of price being made to help balance the scales in your soul. I want you to picture a balance scale in your soul because that's what it is. It's the light versus the dark. And when you do things that aren't sound to your soul, then that light particle is going to come around and going to correct it. Or that darkness will do the same. But that's what life on earth is all about. It's light versus dark. You recognize the devil and the angel on your shoulders because they're there. And hopefully you'll become best friends with the angel and let that angel dominate your life. Because when you get tempted, when you get teased, when you get addicted, when you get selfish, when you get obsessed, right? When you do things that you know are wrong for yourself or people around you or to this planet, 
then you know that you are letting the devil side, the dark side to your soul rule. That's karma. There's a price you pay for that. And when you're suffering, when you're in pain, when you feel that people are treating you harshly, when you feel you're not being given a square deal in your career, in your love life, in your relationships, with your family, with your friends, in your residence or whatever, it's karma. There's no sense in feeling bad about it. Recognize it as a payback. Let it go. Absolve it, overcome it, embrace it, say adios, and go on to the next karma. The problem we have in this life is that we dwell on the darkness. We go ahead and make it worse. We decide to be worry. We decide to be negative. We decide to manifest the worst thing possible. We love our own nightmares. We anchor ourselves to our biggest nightmares until they dump us, reject us, beat us up, rape us, abuse us, torture us, and we have the gall to feel bad about it. Hey, you might as well embrace the whole thing for better or worse, whether it feels good or not. You'll get through it a lot easier. And this is your conscience. Marley Maller is talking. All right. Well, I don't know. (laughs) Before I started this show today, I had three words for the topic, light versus dark. I was sitting here with one of our guest winners, Sharon, and I said, I have no idea what we're going to do today, but I'm just going to go ahead and talk about this topic. So I hope you enjoyed it. We have a question by Eric on line four. Hello, Eric. How you doing? Did you enjoy that topic? Oh, yeah. It's a real good one. Thank you. Do you think that the void of course moon and full moons have a greater influence on the dark side? Okay, gosh, this is a great question. You don't even know I was going to do this topic today, did you? No. You know, I forgot to mention also that we're at the peak of the moon wobble today. Right. Because the sun is actually exactly conjunct the south node today. So we have one more week left of this wobble in case people are wondering. Yes, Eric, the void course moon and the full moon and retrograde planets and also squares and oppositions and inconjunctions and conjunctions all create the choice that I call it. Which means, like, they got this movie, The Temptation of Christ, right? I mean, that in itself says that the Messiah or this person who claimed to be son of God, right, was also not beyond sin or sinful thoughts, right? Mm -hmm. And the fact that we are all constantly tempted, constantly, uh, really reveals uh, to me the, the vibrations that exist, meaning that we are constantly affected by the void course moon and making dark choices then, or by the retrograde planets making dark choices, or the full moon, or the moon wobble, which will eventually come back to us. So we're actually getting bombarded by these entities no matter what. Yeah, we're being bombarded by energies that impel us to the dark over and over again, and that's why it's important to rise above it. And I always tell people in my teaching to retain a spiritual priority. Well, there's a reason for that, because I want that angel to dominate. Right. So like if you retain a spiritual priority no matter what, if you realize that all there is is Eric, that you're God, you're the center of the universe, You don't need anything else that you are the spirit, in fact, and you'll let nothing shake that, Mm -hmm. then you'll always be that angel. It's when you decide start reaching out outside of you because you think things outside of you is what's going to make your life better, that's when you start falling down and getting away from the light and heading towards the darkness. Right. Okay? Okay. Bye-bye. MJ, Michael on line two, double Gemini. Yo, Mike. Hi. How are you? Oh, not too bad. That's a good, that's good. What can we do for you? I'd just like a general reading. And is this the first time you've heard the show? No, I've heard it a few other times. Really? Uh, who turned you on to it? A friend of mine. What do you think? About what? The show? Yeah. Mm, it's interesting. It's different it, than what you find on the East Coast. So this is a test, then. You want to see if I know what I'm talking about, right? Kind of, yeah. Are you making some money here lately? More than normal? More than normal? Um, no, I would say um, lower level. <laughs> Real? Are you unemployed? 
Uh, no, I work as a psychotherapist. Mm-hmm. Well, you have what's called a Saturn trine Venus and a Uranus trine Venus, and even though you are shown substantial amount of money karma in your life, this next six-month period, your finances look incredibly improved. So I guess if you do make more money than normal, perhaps with some promotion of what you do, then you'll be able to say that uh, there was an astrological influence there that you related to. You are shown to be an excellent therapist. You have Mars in Gemini, which rules psychology. Also, Jupiter in Gemini, which also rules psychology. They complement the relationship planets, Saturn and Neptune, both in Libra. So you have an excellent ability and a gift to be able to look at people's problems objectively and offer solutions. So I kind of tend to think your clients are very happy with you. For the most part. Okay. Maybe you can get some word of mouth here and improve your practice, okay? <laughs> thank, thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Goodbye. It's always nice when another therapist calls me. Actually, I should get his phone number. Let's go to Linda, who is a Leo. Linda the Leo. Hi, Farley. Hi. I'm Bridget's best friend. She says hi. Bridget, now who's Bridget? Bridget, she was on the air with you. Okay. You well, tell her I said hello. You mean Bridget Bardot? <laughs> no. Bridget Bardot. Yeah, that's, that's the one. That's all right, all right. <laughs> this is my first time I've ever called. Really, and you want to know? Just how much I know about you, right? Well, yeah, I just kind of like a general scan. Should I tell the world your deeper secrets, right? Yeah, go ahead. Boy, you're one powerful puppy, I'll tell you that. (laughs) I wouldn't want to make you mad, that's for sure. (laughs) You you tell Bridget you have an overdose of Leo here. Oh, great. You have Sun, Mercury, Venus, Mars, and Jupiter, plus Pluto. You were born at a time in 1955 where there were more planets in Leo than almost any time in history, from my recollection, and that makes you... Hard on yourself, sometimes hard on other people. Also, when you're happy, you're real happy. And when you're mad, ooh, it's like a wounded lion here. And extreme need to be creative and in control, although you might not be as creative or in control as you'd like to be. Right. I also think your moon is Pisces, which makes you real vulnerable emotionally here. We're talking about putting yourself in strange positions with relationships, sometimes going after the wrong kinds of men. Oh, is a Pisces. Is he your husband? No, not yet. How long have you been with him? Four months. Wow. Well, he looks like you've gone through lots of strange experiences with men. You could have fallen in love several times here and then been rejected or vice versa. But there's hope for you. You know, there's a lot to learn for you in this life cycle. And as long as you don't take life so tough, as long as you just take it easy and try not to be too self-destructive, you'll probably be okay. Okay, Farley, I have a question to ask you. What? I had, it's on like nightmares. What? A nightmare. You've had nightmares? Two of the exact same one. Can you share them with me? Okay, I lost my husband about five or six months ago. He killed himself. Mm Mm-hmm. And I've had a nightmare twice about it in regards to my son, and he's dying. And it's so precise down to the ice cream that he has in in his hand, to the same bites of the same ice cream that he has in his hand. And there's someone standing with me that's pushing the chair that my son is sitting in, but I can't see them. Well, let's see, how old is the boy? He's seven. He's not really dying, but in the dream he was. Right. Hmm. Well, I think you're probably frightened because you've lost your husband. You're probably frightened that the next best thing in your life is going to be taken from you. And it sounds like your higher self is trying to alleviate some of this pressure and stress by putting it into a focused perspective where it won't happen in real life. Instead, you're dealing with it in the dream state, so it won't manifest in real life. And sometimes your biggest fears are worked out in your dreams. Okay, now this other person, this image that's beside me, is that him? Is that who, your husband? Yes. 
can't. No, there's, there's no, there's no, tell, there's no telling who it could be. It could be the male side to your own self. Okay. It could be the fear side to your own self. Okay. So what you got to do is just, you don't drink or smoke, right? I smoke. Well, you better stop. Okay. Because that's probably what's killing your little boy. I'm trying really hard. Well, right you now. better stop immediately. Okay. Okay. All right. Is that a deal? Yeah. You're going to give me your word? Yes, I'll give you my word, Farley. And to all Los Angeles. All Los Angeles, I will. Linda gives us a word. She just smoked her last cigarette. You got it. Okay, trash him in the toilet. Okay, here, trash him in the toilet. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Oh, that's so funny. I love it. I love it when people go sober, they stop smoking, they stop drinking, they stop eating meat. I'm going berserk. Let's go to Asya on line six. Is that cancer Libra rising? Yes, Uh uh-huh. Welcome. Hi, Hi, Farley, thank you. Finally, I have a question about the relationship between men and women who were born at almost at the same time. In my case, it's July 7, 46, and he's July 9, 46. You're kidding. No. Wow, that's freaky. No. That is freaky. Do you love each other? Oh, I really don't know yet. Yeah, I think, but I, yeah, I feel um, very strange. It's like... Uh, <laughs> It's like looking at yourself, right? Yes, exactly. When we talk to each other, I just say, no, 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 it cannot be. Like, it's a <laughs> life story. It's like my life story. It's just uh, amazing. And uh, I'm well, so scared, yeah. you can either be best friends or worst enemies. When your birthdays are that close, mm-hmm. your planets are also similar. Yeah. It has a lot to do with whether you like yourselves. If both of you have checked self-esteem, then it'd be easier to like someone else with your vibration. If either one of you or both of you doesn't like yourself, then being with each other will be uncomfortable. Mm. See? So I'd say it's important for you to work on that self-esteem. And if, if you like yourself, then you'll love this guy. Okay? Yeah. So both of our signs will be, uh, planets, I mean, will be it's the same. What about rising signs? No, don't, unless you were born at the same time of the day, they should be different. Moon is yeah. different and rising is different. Uh-huh. So emotionally and personality-wise, there are differences. So should I take a look at the moon and the uh, rise? Maybe you should get a super compatibility done. Yeah, that might, I will. that'll be freaky. It'll probably be a hundred pages long, but a lot of information there, okay? So you said that uh, emotions will be different? Oh yeah, emotionally and personality wise, you're different. Of course, your okay. souls are different. So even though you occupy similar vehicles, there's no telling where your souls are coming from. Different points of view. Excuse me. But two cancers are compatible? Ozzy, uh, any two people can be compatible if yeah. they know how to get along. It doesn't matter what the chart is, okay? okay. If people get along, forget astrology. Oh, is it? Okay. Okay. Bye. Thank you very much. Okay, let's go to Terry now, the Libra Sag rising. Hi, Terry. Hi, greetings, Farley. How you doing? Very good. How are you? Good, good. Just wondering if you can tell me what's coming up. Really? Yeah, things seem to be kind of going up and down and up and down. <laughs> Isn't it weird? Yeah. I'm glad my life is good because even though strange things are happening to people around me, I will survive. All right. Well, you know, I love the fact you have all this Virgo as a Libra with Venus and Mars early in Virgo, Neptune trying your Venus now, and just barely trying your Mars. It should mean that your love life and finances should be okay. Are they? Yes. Okay, so you're stable. Are you married? Yes, I am. And happy. Oh, definitely, 16 years. See, everybody, occasionally you find relationships out there that work, so you guys are in control of your bright sides, and you know how to be loyal to each other. Yes. Do you think married people sometimes find it difficult to be loyal? Are you sometimes attracted to or subjected to other men's vibrations? Like, do you ever sense you meet a husband from a past life and try to figure out what to do about it, or is your marriage so strong that you just shake all that stuff off? 
I really say I can shake it all off. We met each other, and he asked me to marry him three weeks later, and it's been heaven upon heaven upon heaven. You're restoring my faith in humanity. <laughs> it's possible, Farley. Give it a chance. Okay. Now, you're also shown powerful surge in income, better than you've ever had, and one of the biggest spiritual rebirths will continue in your life throughout the years, okay? Okay, and he's look for a trip within before the year ends. For you, such a workaholic? Are you kidding? No. <laughs> Uh, it's up to you. If you can break away, you're way past due. Wow. You should have taken a vacation this summer, I would think. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's time, you know. Okay. The world will not fall apart if Terry goes traveling. Oh, well, thank you. Okay. I need to hear that. Thanks, Terry. I know. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That's another edition of Astrological Metaphysical Radio. Hope you liked it. See you real soon. Weekdays on the Fox at 12 noon. Bye-bye.